bet you I'm gonna be a big star. Might win an Oscar, you can never tell. The movie's gonna make me a big star. Hello and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, Noel T. Manning II here hanging out with Thomas Manning. We're so glad you joined us right here on C19 TV and also uh, WGWG.org. Greg Tillman was supposed to be joining us, Thomas, uh, and I got word that he had another dental appointment and he had some other kind of weird things going on with his mouth. He had like, I don't know, they did 20 shots and he said he was numb and he, 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 he wasn't quite with it. And, and your comment before we went on the air was what was your comment? Well, I mean, he's not with it like any day of the week anyway. So it wouldn't have been that abnormal if he came on here. Uh, like, what what was the term he used? Oh, I don't know if we can use that on there. Yeah, yeah he said uh, somebody's uncle who was a little bit... Uh, um, Inebriated. With, yes, yes, that's a good word. And uh, he go. said the, the yeah. uncle that nobody really wants to talk about. So, Greg, you are missed. Uh, we're sorry you didn't join us. You were going to give us your take on Star Trek Discovery uh, season three, but we'll have to wait on that. And uh, I hope you are resting well. And uh, <laughs> I hope you uh, come through without uh, a lot of pain. Uh, we, we do want to share a loss. We, we always try to do this whenever there's a, a loss in the entertainment industry, especially in film. Uh, Sean Connery, 90 years old, pretty amazing body of work uh, they, that he had over the course of his career. And uh, we thought we would just kind of highlight a few of those today. It's, there's, there's no way we could do a full-blown uh, Sean Connery uh, retrospective and look at everything he's ever done. There's just, there's no way that we would be able uh, to do that, Thomas. But uh, we are going to take a look at a few of those that we think uh, maybe you should check out if you haven't. If you've seen them, great. If you have, um, revisit them. And if you haven't, you may want to check them out. So Thomas, I'll let you start with a Sean Connery film uh, that you think folks uh, on uh, Meet Me at the Movies should check out. Yeah, well, I will admit that I'm not as well versed in his Bond filmography as I'd like to be. Um, so that's a bit of a blind spot. But actually, the first film I ever saw him in was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade as, uh, you know, Henry Jones Sr., uh, Indy's father. And that performance is like one of my favorite performances from a character portraying a father, uh, just really in any film I've ever seen. And just that relationship with him and Indy and their back and forth banter and, you know, the, some of the tough love and then the, you know, real true fatherly son love that you have there at the end of one of the scenes, um, you know, the let it go scene with the grail. Uh, it's a bit of a spoiler, but that's that's a what thirty plus year old movie. We, <laughs> yeah. I think we can spoil. And uh, that scene just like almost moves me to tears every time I see it. And um, it's pretty phenomenal that that was on the later end of his you know his stardom, uh, many years after Bond, that he still maintained that star power. And uh, I'll just never forget his performance in that film. Yeah, absolutely love that and love your take on that too, the, the father-son aspect. And uh, yeah, great, great film. And you mentioned uh, Connery as it relates to Bond. And you're right. I mean, it's he was Bond. Uh, when I think about uh, Sir Sean Connery, uh, I think about the suave presence. And I also think about just his command of the screen. Anytime he was on the screen, you were drawn to him. And he did seven 
Bond films. And I don't think you could go wrong with checking out any of those, but the one I will highlight will be Dr. No. Uh, and that was an early one, but uh, wow. Uh, yeah, James Bond, uh, you, you think about James Bond, you cannot not think about uh, Sean Connery. So Sean Connery in any of the Bond films, but Dr. No is one I'm going to highlight. All right, Thomas, going back to you, man. Oh, uh, yeah, I got to go with The Untouchables, uh, the De Palma film, I believe it was from 87. And uh, great cast with Kevin Costner and uh, Garcia. Just great chemistry all around. Uh, but Connery, he was really able to lean into, uh, you know, he got some great dialogue in this to kind of sink his teeth into. And uh, his voice, there's nothing like it that you can compare it to. Just um, no actor can just capture and deliver dialogue with that thick Scottish accent in the way that he can. And uh, that's one that really stands out to me. And uh, yeah, the Untouchables, um, you know, it, it kind of gets lost in the fold of some De Palma films just because he has such a versatile filmography. But what he was able to do with uh, Sean Connery in this movie, I absolutely adore it. Yeah, you're right. 1987, that was an Oscar-winning role for Sean Connery. Uh, also uh, co-starring, can't forget uh, Mr. De Niro. Uh, we oh, don't absolutely. Wanna, we don't want to get, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> get any evil uh, mad letters about that. Yeah. But yeah, 1987, uh, The Untouchables, definitely one to mention. I'm going to go back to uh, 1964. Uh, not many people think about Connery in the terms of Alfred Hitchcock, but there was a film from 1964 called Marnie, and uh, it's a, a disturbing psychological thriller, as many <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock films are. Uh, this co-stars uh, Tippi Hedren and is directed by Hitchcock, and uh, if you haven't haven't seen that, I, I encourage you to go back and uh, visit that one as well. That's called Marnie. And uh, we're going to throw a little bit of Michael Bay into the mix. I know that's uh, that's Greg's like favorite director of all time, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Nope. But uh, The Rock, I think, is probably one of Bay's stronger films. And uh, you have the, like, basically the Alcatraz convict here that portrayed by Connery. And just wall-to-wall -wall action movie, um, so much chaos, and uh, Connery at the center of it. And he, just another role that he can shine in and really shows um how incredibly uh you know adaptable he is to each role and to each genre and um so i gotta mention the rock oh yeah and uh nicholas cage in that film as well uh and uh, ed harris also a really a, a great action flick it's one that i go back and revisit uh actually quite often uh pretty much every few years i'll go back and check out that, that the rock from 19 96. Uh, I'm going to go back to 1986 uh, with a film that was a period piece and, and a, a period piece that goes back several centuries, a very Sherlock Holmes-esque mystery. The name of the movie is called The Name of the Rose, and Connery plays this Sherlock Holmes-type character who is a friar, uh, and he brings his apprentice to investigate a series of mysterious murders that happen at an abbey. And it was a fascinating film. Uh, there'll be a lot of faces you would recognize if you got a chance to check out the name of the Rose, as I said, including a young Christian Slater. Highly recommend that. Uh, and Thomas, there's one that I know that's on your list. You haven't seen it yet, but I, I mentioned it before the show uh, aired. And you said, yeah, I got to check that one out. Tell me about that one. Oh, sorry. I kind of forgot what you mentioned there. Oh. <laughs> the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen, the comic, comic book adaptation. Uh, yeah, that um, 
just another example of what uh, Connery has been able to do with um, a multitude, multitude of different genres and uh, different roles that he has to tap into. And uh, this with a comic book adaptation, I'd love to get into that if I can. All right. He played Alan Quartermain. Uh, it was a sci-fi fantasy. And uh, Alan Quartermain novels and series of books followed this very Indiana Jones type character. So it was kind of interesting seeing him go to that role after he played the father uh, of Indiana Jones just a few years earlier. Uh, I'll mention just a couple more that I think are uh, definitely worthy. The Hunt for Red October from 1990. This was the first of the Jack Ryan films. Um, Mr. Baldwin starred as Jack Ryan and Connery was a Russian nuclear subcommander. Fascinating film from 1990. And then one that I know is on Greg Tillman's list from 1976, Robin and Marion. Uh, he, he plays, uh, Connery plays a middle-aged Robin Hood who is searching for his lost love and trying to find his way again. And his lost love is now <laughs> made Marion is now a nun. So uh, there you go. Uh, Sean Connery, uh, he has left us uh, at the age of 90, but we do celebrate him and celebrate his body of work. Uh, those are just a few films that we think are worthy of checking out. Uh, there's a new film out that I want to uh, give you a quick review on if I can. The film is called Fat Man. Uh, it's a, a Christmas film starring Mel Gibson. And this is really a, a grumpy Santa. Here's the storyline. A grumpy Santa, an evil psycho, Richie Rich, and the U.S. military contract trying to get Santa's workshop to uh, turn into a temporary weapons manufacturer. <laughs> That's kind of the backdrop of the story. And also you've got a foul mouth assassin with some daddy issues. And also he's got some Santa issues as well. You throw all that in the blender uh, along with Mel Gibson and Walton Coggins. And you have a recipe for something that could be creative inspiration or it could be uh, unyielding disaster. And really this movie, Thomas Falls, is kind of somewhere in the middle uh, this is not your Rankin and Bass's Santa Claus, animated Santa Claus dancing around. This is not that. This is an R-rated uh, film that is as much more action as it is uh, anything else. Uh, if you go back to the movie Scrooge, remember Frank Cross? Uh, this would be your Frank Cross's Santa Claus. This is okay. what you would yeah. find here. Um, there are shootouts. There's a lot of dark humor. And there's also weak attempts at sarcasm. It just didn't land for me. I really did appreciate the story concept. I thought the casting was well done. Mel Gibson as Santa Claus, the fat man, uh, was, was a pretty interesting uh, idea. Uh, he didn't wear the, the red cloak. He didn't have the long white beard. He would look more like a mountain man than anything else. Um, I did like the creative energy, but the direction fell well, well short. Uh, and the acting at times felt a little forced. Uh, the score felt recycled. There wasn't anything exciting about that. The sound design was pretty poor. And the film, when you really think about it, Thomas, it, it, it came off more as one of these late night made for TV action Christmas movies as it did a feature film. So I really, I really uh, ultimately give this kind of unfulfilled potential. I'm glad I got a chance to see it, but I, I'm definitely not going to revisit this. It's not one that's going to be on my Christmas list from here on out. A C minus rating is what I give uh, for this film called Fat Man. Any yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the uh, late night made for TV Christmas action movie subgenre, that's not one I usually seek out um, unless it's like <laughs> 2 a.m. 
on in the middle of winter break or something. So, um, but even then, this doesn't sound like one that I'm going to, you know, just like drop everything and go after. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You, you may want to steer clear of that, but C minus for the movie Fat Man. Uh, there is a film, you're going to do kind of a double feature take, Thomas. Uh, it's a, a, a Borat. Uh, we're familiar with Borat. He's been around for a little while, but he's back in action. So let's get your thoughts on uh, the Borat double feature. Yeah, yeah. So the first one you had back in 2006, directed by Larry Charles, of course, starring Sacha Baron Cohen in the lead role as Borat himself. And this is almost a pseudo documentary, but it's a pseudo documentary within almost a real documentary. And what they were able to capture and how much they were able to trick people into believing things are true and really reveals who people are. Um, it's extremely edgy humor, extremely offensive humor, but it's meant to be in many aspects. It's meant to shine a light on really the bigotry just hiding in plain sight all throughout the United States and throughout the world. And uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is a true once in a generation comedic genius and master of disguise, um, master of improv. And uh, his he can blend into any role that you give him and just like camouflage himself. It is is truly extraordinary. Sasha Baron Cohen won a Golden Globe for his performance back in 2006. Here we are 14 years later, and um, they really are able to take advantage on uh, some of the uh, some of the interesting political and social and cultural happenings throughout the United States that have occurred, especially within the past like five years or so. And um, you know, Cohen really uh, is able to pinpoint some extremely uncomfortable things that uh, you can just go out into the daily world and see and really shine a light on some of the gross underbelly of things. And um, he he's back and just does a phenomenal job with this. His uh, his daughter that's played in the film by uh, Maria Bakalova, her performance in this is equally as phenomenal, I would say. And it's there's almost a, a tender father-daughter relationship at the heart of Borat 2 which uh, you wouldn't have expected, uh, but I think that really goes to show uh, Cohen's his, uh, his range as an actor and a writer and that he's able to kind of develop an emotional heart at the core of such an outrageous you know, satire like this. Yeah, yeah. So what's your rating for the double feature? Uh, I got to give it a solid A for both of them. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. good deal. Well, uh, the Borat and Borat uh, 2, and there's another name for, for the second Borat. What's it called? It is a Borat subsequent movie film. So, <laughs> yeah. I, and then there's there's an extended title. There's an extended title, but I can't remember how, how it goes. But, yeah. All right. Well, well you were uh, watching maybe in the movies. Thanks for that, Thomas. Uh, where can people find that film? Uh, they are actually both on Amazon Prime right now. So. All right, good deal. Uh, we're going to take a quick intermission right here on Meet Me at the Movies. We'll come back and we're going to talk about another film that stars uh, Sasha. Uh, what's his name? Sasha Shaka Khan Cohen? Sa Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's a, a new film with Aaron Sorkin uh, that is available by in Netflix on Netflix called The Trial of the Chicago 7. And we're going to check that out, uh, give a review of that, and also uh, go to a review from The Vault right after this quick break on Meet Me at the Movies.
Tim Wisher, welding instructor at Cleveland Community College, and today I'd like to take a little time and tell you about what we do here. Welders are in demand. We offer a certificate program and we offer a diploma program. It takes about a year to come through our program. We offer morning and evening classes here at CCC. We have the lowest student to instructor ratio in the state. We do real life simulation. We do API 1104 downhill pipe welding. We also do D11 structural steel code and ASME welding as well. We have AWS certified welding inspectors on staff. If you want to learn more about our welding program, you can give me a call directly at 704-669-4077 or on the community college website at clevelandcc.edu. Hi, I'm Shara Miller, the host of Artworks. Each month, we bring to you wonderful, talented artists from here in, in Cleveland County and, and the region. We have artists, we have potters, we have painters, we have musicians, we have actors. We just have wonderful artists that come to you and tell you about all that they're doing, their creativity, what inspires them. Join me here on Artworks each month on C19. You can also watch us online at c19.tv. Don't ignore the subtext. It's on us to intervene in sexual assault. Because we can. Take the pledge at itsonus.org. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Hello and welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, joined with Thomas Manning. I did just, uh, just get a text during the uh, intermission. Uh, Greg Tillman said he is feeling somewhat better uh, he does ha have feeling, at least on the bottom part of his jaw. So I'm not sure what that would look like with just the top part of his jaw numb. But um, Greg, we we uh, we miss you and uh, hope you're doing okay, man. We hope you're doing okay. Uh, there's a film out on uh, Netflix called The Trial of the Chicago Seven, and it's based on a true story. And let me just say, Aaron Sorkin, we saw him. Uh, we've seen him for years as an amazing writer. Uh, he's been recognized for that talent both in film and television. And, and Thomas, uh, we saw him a couple years ago in a movie called Molly's Game and as a director and writer. And we saw what talent he had there in his first at bat. And here he is again, uh, taking on another slice of history. And uh, it's brilliant writing, brilliant directing. Aaron Sorkin is phenomenal in what he's brought to the, uh, the screen once again in the trial of the Chicago 7. This was going to be a major uh, re theatrical release. And of course, uh, that did not happen as many films as we've seen have um, had to suffer uh, because of uh, COVID-19. But uh, this film has perfect casting, the editing, uh, the attention to details that only Sorkin really is able to deliver uh, is amazing. Based on a true story pulled from thousands of pages of court documents, interviews, and research, and Sorkin is the king of research. And I got a chance to sit in on a Q&A with him 
uh, recently, and he just talked about the volumes of research he did, as he always does. Uh, he takes viewers back to 1968 and 69 in a film that really is, in many ways, it's a courtroom drama that captures a very turbulent time uh, in the history of the United States. It follows a series of high-profile assassinations, riots, protests, uh, and uh, uh, an election that didn't go quite as people had expected. It really is an absolutely marvelous film. And I think it also finds a way to highlight what happens when the government can lose sight of what the people are here for. And it loses sight of why they are elected to serve the people. Uh, two hours, 10 minutes goes by incredibly fast. Uh, Sorkin is, is really once again bringing an amazing film and a second uh, as a director, a solid A rating for me for the trial of the Chicago 7. You can find that on Netflix. Well, uh, going back to earlier reviews, Thomas, we're going to go to a review from The Vault, and uh, you got a chance to revisit uh, The Matrix, uh, which, man, it's, 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 uh, it's a few, few years old. So let's get your thoughts on revisiting The Matrix. Yeah, so I had only seen The Matrix one time prior to this week. I saw, I saw it like last year, and I watched it on a laptop. And this movie is not made for a laptop. It's made for a big screen. And unfortunately, we can't see it in theaters at this point. But uh, we do have a nice new 65-inch 4K television with surround sound. And that is, uh, that's probably the next best thing you can find at this point. And so we watched that. Uh, you know, We sat down and just became fully immersed in this beautiful, imaginative world uh, that the Wachowskis were able to build. It is just truly, uh, just truly outstanding in so many ways. Uh, Keanu Reeves as Neo, uh, you know, certain roles don't work for him, but when he finds a role that fits, he just fully goes all in. And uh, that's what this role was for him. You also have Carrie Ann Moss and uh, Joe Pantoliano, I believe, Joey Pants as some call him. Uh, <laughs> I love the characters. Uh, oh, Lawrence Fishburne as well. Love the uh, characters. Love the crew. Love the cast. And um, the what this did for the advancement of visual effects and um, with what you could do with many different cameras shooting at once, um, this really changed the game. This was back in 1999, and even 20 plus years later, you can still see the seeds that, that were planted then continuing to flourish and grow throughout the film industry and uh they're working on a fourth one uh i think that's slated for a 2021 release cannot wait to get around to watching that whenever that may be and um i'm really glad that i had a more uh more immersive theatrical experience uh that we had with this watch for the matrix and so does it hold up pretty well for you thomas oh for sure for sure uh i mean some of the digital visual effects you you notice um is it's kind of pure cgi yeah. and it's it has it's not as highly refined um, it, within the context of today, but still for that time, uh, it was amazing. And just some of the cinematography is just mind-boggling even now. Absolutely, absolutely. The Matrix, uh, solid A rating, I guess, for Thomas, uh, oh, even yeah. all these years later. There's a short film I want to recommend. I'd mentioned Walton Coggins earlier in the movie Fat Man, one to stay away from. But if you if you've got got uh, you know less than an hour and you you like mockumentaries. Uh, check out this film called John Bronco, and uh, I, I've long loved mockumentaries, and uh, this movie uh, follows uh, this guy who is the namesake for the Ford Bronco, 
and uh, he is a character uh, to say the least. And and John um, Walton Walton Coggins is simply brilliant as John Bronco. He kind of uh, captures the essence of this no nonsense man of purpose, charisma, and down home charm. And uh, it really works so, so well. The film is dang funny, a, a very high rewatchability factor. The editing was great, the character interactions. They pulled all of these um, archive footage from Ford. They worked with Ford on putting together this Ford documentary uh, on uh, John Bronco. Uh, it, it captured stock footage and effects recreating the life 55 years worth of the life of this man and of course it took it to the extreme but uh along with uh, with walton serving as that character you've got a lot of cameos from real people um bo derrick kareem abdul jabbar johnny carson shots come back from the past doug flutie dennis quaid uh, uh narrates there's also a, a cameo of a, a white ford bronco leading the police on a slow police chase uh, in this as well. Uh, it is pure insanity, but it's insanity in an incredibly funny way. It's a near perfect film. The only downside, I, I did feel at times the editing was a little abrupt when it was making transitions, uh, but I did find myself wanting more of this story and that's not necessarily a horrible thing. Uh, so if you're looking to test drive something that is uh, a little fun, uh, I'd encourage you to kind of escape with this. This may be uh, just the Uber that you've ordered. Uh, the movie is called John Bronco, uh, and it's uh, worth your time, that's for sure. An A-minus rating for that. Uh, Thomas, we have really just two minutes, but I want to get your quick take on Tenet. Uh, this is still in theaters, and it is one that probably you should see in theaters. Yes, I will say I think Nolan should have held off and waited until 2021 or 22, however long it may be, until theaters are back at full capacity, fully functional. Because seeing this with a crowd, a respectful crowd for that matter, would have been uh, would have been just a phenomenal experience. Yeah. Um, but it's still uh, very much Nolan at his most Nolan, and it's something that you can appreciate in its own right, wherever you watch it, whatever atmosphere you watch it in. Um, he did have some issues with the sound mixing once again, and uh, that's kind of a common thread that you've seen throughout his films. But what he's able to do with just um, his pure imagination, um, his uh, his approaches to unique sci science fiction storytelling, yeah. you know, you wonder where in the world does, does he get these ideas from? His casting, you know, John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, Ken Branagh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, just such a great uh, cast of characters, and uh, so really, really enjoyed it. Uh, but I would have preferred to have seen it, you know, in a more, uh, in a better setting. I would say. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it is a film that I think to fully appreciate it takes multiple viewings, uh, because there is so much going on with the story that uh, it, it it can be distracting to try to keep up with everything and. Uh, I think uh, you've seen it, is it three times, Thomas, or twice? Oh, uh, just twice. Uh, but I guess in a, another universe, I've seen it like <laughs> like four times. You know, yeah. Or, yeah. So, yeah, I, I've, I've seen it once, and I, I, I thought it was a fantastic film, but it is one that you have to think about. So don't go in expecting just mind candy and, and action. Uh, you've got to really uh, dive in. Uh, grab the seat, hold on for the ride, and engage fully, fully engage in this. What is your rating for this, Thomas, after the second viewing? 
Let's see. Uh, right now, solid A minus. Uh, okay. Could, could go up after another couple of viewings after I fully reflect and kind of marinate on everything. Yeah. yeah, and I'm right there with you pretty close. I've got a B plus. Uh, I, I think from just the visual spectacular itself, A plus. But uh, the movie itself, uh, whenever you do have to go back and rewatch a film uh, a second or third time to truly get it, um, sometimes not everybody's able to do that. So uh, on that first viewing of B+, movie quote of the week does come from the movie John Bronco. And this is John Bronco himself talking. And it does give you a sense of just his dialogue in this short film. You know, I don't like Frisbees, man, because I don't like things coming at my face. I saw a man once who got his whole head chopped off from a Frisbee. So there's your movie quote of the week. And uh, that does come from John yeah. Bronco. <laughs> that almost, that kind of reminds me of a similar situation. Uh, first time I met a family member back in the day, uh, you know, we'll just leave it at that. But yeah. <laughs> Well, Thomas, thanks for joining us, man. And uh, Greg, we missed you, buddy. And we hope to have you back next time. It's fun to get back and talk uh, movie reviews again. We've had a lot of great interviews over the course um, of the, the past past few months and we're hoping to still do some of those but it's great to get some of these movie reviews in as well until next time i am noel manning for thomas manning and for all of us here at c19 tv's meet me at the movies that is a wrap Happy